Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. We're going to be breaking down Luke chapter 9 in this podcast, but it's going to take several podcasts to get through this chapter because Luke chapter 9 is just absolutely jam-packed with all kinds of awesome stuff from Luke and from Jesus and from his disciples, as we will see here as we get into this. But um, I just want to say, just please be patient as we slowly go through Luke chapter 9 and break this chapter down. Luke starts off chapter 9 like this. He says, One day Jesus called together his disciples, his 12 disciples, and he gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Keep that in mind. That's, that's important there, that he gave them power and he gives them authority to cast out demons and to heal all diseases. And then Jesus is going to send them out and he's going to tell them to, to tell the people about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And in verse 3, it says, take nothing for your journey. Now get this. Jesus tells these guys, "Take." this is very important. We'll break this down here in just a little bit. But Jesus says, take nothing for your journey. Don't even take a walking stick. Don't even take a traveler's bag. Don't take any food. You know, no candy bars. You know, no granola bars. No protein bars to help you on your journey. Don't even, you know, don't even take any money. Don't even take a change of clothing you know and, and it's very hot over there in their uh, area the, the guys will be you know sweaty stinky and nasty they're gonna be hungry they're gonna be thirsty they're, they're not gonna have any money to to buy anything from the you know from the convenience stores they're traveling from village to village but there's a reason for all this and and we'll break it down here in just a little bit but in verse 4 Jesus says wherever you go stay in the same house until you leave town and if a town refuses to welcome you, shake the dust off of your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. And there's a key in, in that verse as well. And we'll break that down. And so Luke says in verse 6, So they begin their circuit of the villages, preaching the good news and healing the sick. So let me start off by asking you a question. And that question is this. How many times have you seen people suffering your friends and your family, your loved ones, and, and you said something along this line. You said, "If I could just, if I could just heal every one of these people, because I don't want to see them suffering. If I could just lay my hands on these people, like Jesus did, or like the apostles did, or like, or like Paul did. If if I could just have the healing power of God, just to let me lay my hands on them and let the healing power of God flow through me, then I wouldn't have to watch my family member. I wouldn't have to watch my friend. I wouldn't have to watch my loved one suffer anymore because they would be healed and God would be glorified. Why do we say stuff like that? It's because we don't want to see our, our loved ones. We don't want to see our friends, our family. We don't, we don't want to see them suffering because it hurts us when we when we see a loved one that is suffering and, and, it, and it's out of our control. There's nothing that we, we can do about it. We have to leave them in the hands of the doctors and in the nurses. And more importantly, we have to leave them in God's hands. But I, I, I just want to mention something real quick before we move on to another point. But if you think about it, 
Jesus himself healed every person that came to him. And we've, we've, we went through eight chapters in the book of Luke. And we have seen crowd after crowd after crowd following Jesus. People are coming from every town and every village trying to find Jesus. And when they find him, they, they have a need. And that need is either I, I have a sickness that needs to be cured. I have a loved one that has a sickness that needs to be healed. Or I have a demon or I have a friend or a loved one that has a demon that needs to be cast out. They, they, were, they came from everywhere and, and were constantly asking Jesus for a healing and, and, or a demon cast out. And every person that came to Jesus, that we have seen throughout the, uh, the first eight chapters of the book of Luke, every person that came to Jesus was healed. Every person that had a demon that came to Jesus, that demon was cast out. But there are people that didn't come to Jesus who were sick. There were people who had demons that didn't come to Jesus who kept their demons. The demon was not cast out. So there are there were people who remained sick even when Jesus was walking on this earth. He did not heal every single person that was sick. Only the people that came to him or people that he happened to run across, like the blind people who would yell out to him and get his attention. And even the apostles, they had the power, and we just read it, they had the power to heal all diseases. They had the power to cast out all demons. But even they did not cast out every demon that was in a person. Even they did not heal every person that was sick or afflicted who had a disease that was beyond their control. So the fact is, we would not, even if we had the power to heal, can God still heal people today? Absolutely. That, that, that's up to God. And we pray for people all the time. Uh, matter of fact, we're praying for a, a, a dear friend, a dear loved one uh, that, that has COVID and, and, and they're in the hospital in the ICU and we're praying for a healing right now. And, 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 and God can reach down and touch this individual or speak a word like we see Jesus do in Jairus' case and, and just speak a word and a person be healed. So I would never put God in a box and, and, and say he does not heal because God absolutely does heal. But... As much Jesus as I have in me, and Jesus is going everywhere that I go because he lives in me, he lives in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot lay our hands on a person and, like the apostles could, could or like Jesus could and heal a person. It just, it just doesn't happen that way. Now, it can happen if God chooses to do it. That means we're not going to do it. I'll lay my hands on people because we're told to do so many times throughout the New Testament. But I'll, I'll pray for people. I'll anoint them with oil. I'll put my hands on them. I'll pray with them. And I'll ask God to heal them. But every person that Jesus, or came to Jesus needing a healing, every one of them was healed. Every person that came to Jesus with a demon, every demon was cast out. Every person that the apostles came across as they were going to these villages and preaching the good news of Jesus, and they were healing the sick, every person was healed. That's not going to happen today. It just simply is not. We can pray for those people and we can pray for God to heal them and that is up to God 
to, to heal that person. But let me clarify, God still heals. God still works miracles. And if he chooses to do so, great. And if he chooses not to do so, it's still great because if we die in our condition, say, say we're sick and we have cancer and we've been praying for healing and God chooses not to heal that person of cancer, but that person goes on to die, well, if they're in Christ, they win anyway because they're going to heaven and they're going to be with Christ for eternity. And if we are in Christ, we'll see that loved one or that friend again for eternity. We'll spend eternity with them and they're no longer in their sickness. They're no longer in their pain or their suffering anymore. So that's more of the lines of the way that it works today. Can God still heal? Yes. We can lay our hands on people and pray for people. And I hope that you are doing that. You lay your hands on people. You anoint them with oil. And you're praying for them to be healed and for God to be glorified. Um, but many times, many, many times, we see that God does, chooses not to heal that person. But throughout the book of Luke, Jesus healed every person that came to him for a healing. The disciples healed every person they came across as they were preaching the gospel and going to these villages. They healed every one of them. But my point is, that not even Jesus, as much as we would love to go into these hospitals and, and, and to go lay our hands on these COVID patients and people with cancer that we come across, uh, they're not, they're not going to be healed, not every one of them. Jesus did not heal. There were still sick people in these villages that Jesus went to. There were still sick people in these villages that the, the disciples went to. There were still people who had demons. There were still... Uh, people who suffered and and so it's not that uh, Jesus could have spoke one word and, and healed every person but it didn't happen that way but we still pray for people to be healed today because it's called hope right Jesus is our hope and we pray for God to intervene in a person's situation or in our situation they will be healed of that cancer. Or they, they will be healed of that COVID. Or they, they will be healed of that sickness or whatever the situation is. And so God can still be glorified and God uh, still works in mighty ways. And so our job is to give the people hope, to pray for them on their behalf and pray that God would intervene and pray that God would be glorified because that is what... The, the whole thing is about and and there's a reason why Jesus gave the apostles or the disciples here these 12 disciples these men including Judas at the time uh, the power to heal people and that and, and we'll get more to this in just a second but that that reason is that they had a message that the kingdom of God is here and they had to have a way to back that up they didn't have the Word of God they didn't have a Bible they had some Old Testament scriptures, they had the prophet's writings, they had some Psalms, and they had the law. And, and Jesus said, you know, you, you're going to go out in these villages and you're going to preach that the kingdom of God is here. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to, after you preach that message, you're going to back up that message. You're going to say, hey, I can prove it by healing your loved one or, you know, or casting out this demon. And that was the basic reason that Jesus gave them the power to do so and it was all about the kingdom it wasn't about the healing it was about the kingdom so the people would be focused on God and that the people would be focused on the kingdom of God and wanting to be a part of the kingdom and even today 
as much as we would want our loved one or our friend to be healed and we lay our hands on them and we pray for them, there is something far greater than that healing. And that is that they are saved. We want them to, 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 to be saved in, in the name of Christ, in the name of Jesus, because like I said a while ago, if that sickness takes them and they, they take their last breath on this earth, or when we take our last breath on this earth, if the sickness was to take us, if say if we had cancer or COVID and we were to die from it, or our friends or loved ones was to die from it, we want them to be in heaven. And that was the greater message. It wasn't about the healings back then. It was about the kingdom. And the message of the kingdom and the kingdom is here and we can prove it by working these miracles because God, it, we're not working the miracles. God is working the miracles through us. And we'll break down this uh, even further when we come back from break. We'll be right back. We all know technology is great when it's operating properly, but when it's not, it can be a huge headache. Well, I want to tell you about my friend Joshua. He is a tech guru, and he is here to help you with any problems that you are having with your computer or your phone. Joshua offers computer troubleshooting. He can get rid of those viruses that slow your computer down. He offers computer training. He offers iPhone and iPad tutoring. He has Wi-Fi support. He offers web hosting. Joshua can come over to your house or he can help you with your situation by phone. Check out his website at joshuastechservices.com or give him a call at 865-268-6698. So I, I want to remind everyone of something and it's this. God, this is pretty cool, God has been silent for four, over 400 years. At this point well before Jesus started his ministry up until the time Jesus started his ministry you had Abraham Isaac and Jacob you had angels visiting you had God visiting God speaking uh, God visiting uh, then you have the prophets right all throughout the Old Testament God speaking through the prophets God's handwriting on the wall uh, and so God was speaking, 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 showing up, sending angels, all these cool things. And then after the Babylonians come in and destroy Jerusalem and basically wipe it off the face of, of the earth and take the people that were left that they didn't kill back into captivity. Uh, and, and they're in captivity for 70 years and they're, they're allowed to come back and return and rebuild. But after, after the prophets had, had ceased with their prophecies, God goes silent for over 400 years, up until the time when the announcement uh, of the birth of John the Baptist to Elizabeth and Zechariah and the people, and up until the announcement uh, to Mary and to Joseph by the angel Gabriel about the birth of Jesus. And there was really not a whole lot of stuff going on in Jesus' childhood. We know that in Luke 2 about when he was 12 years old and he's at the temple and they had to go back and find him. And they kind of scold him a little bit for uh, staying behind. But it's not until Jesus is 30 years old and John the baptizer baptizes Jesus and the Holy Spirit 
comes down in the form of a dove and lands on Jesus. And a voice comes down out of heaven and says, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And keep that in mind because that's going to happen again right here in Luke chapter 9 as we get toward the end. But God has been silent for over 400 years. And now all of a sudden... Here is God in the flesh, and he, he is going around and he's telling people the kingdom of God is... Well, first started out, he's saying the kingdom of God is near, and now he's saying the kingdom of God is here. And I can prove it by working these miracles, and he's doing stuff that people have n never seen before. And so it was kind of like entertainment for these people, and a lot of the crowd would follow Jesus just to see what he was going to do next. They were, they were being entertained, and even when Jesus feeds the 5,000, uh, we're going to talk about that here. That's actually in this chapter, but in another gospel, I believe it's in the John that we've already covered, Jesus, when he fed the 5,000, those people are following, following him around. He says, look, you're only following me because your bellies are full. You know, there's a, there's a greater message beyond the miracles that you see. And that's when he said, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And we know that he's talking about the cross, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. He's talking about his body that was broken on, on, on the cross. And the blood that he shed there on the cross and so that's why we take communion he's talking about being the passover lamb and we partake of the body that was broken when we eat the bread and we partake when we take the fruit of the vine the cup and we drink the that fruit of the vine that represents the blood that he shed for our sins that is the greater message not the not the miracles not the healings yes that's great that is awesome and it, you know and when those happen it is it's all inspiring and it's uplifting and encouraging but there is something far greater than the miracle and that is the miracle worker Jesus and people need Jesus because you may not get the miracle like I was trying to uh, get across a while ago in the first part of the podcast we can lay our hands on people and we can pray that they'll be healed but they not they may not be healed but if they have Jesus they still win because they get to go to heaven so there's something greater than the miracles and that is the miracle worker who is Jesus. We have the same message today that these 12 uh, disciples, uh, when Jesus gave them all power and all authority to go and heal people, his main point was that they were to go into these villages and preach the kingdom of God and then back it up with these miracles. And so we have that same message of hope today. We have the message of Jesus and the salvation that is found only in the name of Jesus. Jesus. So the third point that I want to make from uh, these first six verses here in Luke chapter 9 is this, that this power, this authority, this purpose comes with a price. Now think about that. This power, this authority, this purpose that Jesus has given these disciples. He's given them the power to heal. He's given them the power to cast out demons. And he's telling them to, to go into these villages and preach the message of the kingdom, but this purpose comes with a price. And Jesus says, you have to leave here, which we're going to call it home base. You have to leave home base with nothing but the clothes that you are wearing at, at this very moment. And which means you're going to have to have faith. And you're going to have to stay with 
complete strangers because you're going into these villages and places you've never been before these people you do not know and you're going to have to go and you're going to have to convince them that that first of all you're not a stranger and you're going to have to convince them that the kingdom of god is here and and here's here's a way that you could do that you preach to them about the kingdom and you you back it up if they have somebody that's uh sick or or has a demon in their home you heal them or you cast out that demon and if they allow you to stay in their home, you stay with them as long as you're in that village or as long as you are in that town. But here's the deal. You're not going to have any food as you go to these villages. So it's not a guarantee that they're going to be able to find anybody to allow them to stay. They don't have that guarantee. They don't have that promise. They just are told to go to village to village and preach the kingdom of God. And they're told not to take anything with them, not to take any money, not to take any food, not to take any extra clothes. Don't even take a walking stick, Jesus says. And, and another thing that is not mentioned here, but I would say they probably wouldn't allow them to carry a weapon. And that, that's really, if you, if you think about Peter and, and the, the guys who were fishermen who always carried a knife or a sword, a dagger, uh, this would be tough because if danger was to come, you're going into a stranger's territory. You're going to amongst people that you've never met before. You've never seen these people before. And you're going to be knocking on their door and trying to tell them, you know, the kingdom of God is here after God has been silent for over 400 years. And, and, and you know, and, and, and you're, it, it, it's just a unique situation and it would be a very scary situation if we put ourselves in the place of the disciples and Jesus saying you, you can't take anything with you no food no drink no money bag no clothes nothing and, and here's what Jesus is telling the, the the 12 disciples here's what I need you to do guys you are gonna have to rely on God you're gonna have to Fully trust God. You're going to have to put all of your trust in God because you're leaving here with nothing but the clothes on your back. You're going to have to fully rely on God to provide. And in, in all throughout the Old Testament, uh, God has different names. He's Jehovah this, He's Jehovah that. And one of the names that God has is Jehovah Jireh, which means my, uh, that God will provide. And you know, we we want to say that you know, if we were in the disciples' shoes or sandals, that we it wouldn't be any problem for us that we would be able to do that, especially knowing that Jesus is there. But I, it's not that easy because we see this over and over again how. How they they continue to be full of fear. They continue to doubt. They continue not to get it. And so you know, it, it's easy for us being two thousand years removed and be able to see from the beginning to the end in the Bible, and we know how it all plays out. To say, hey, I will be able to do that. Well, do we do that today? Do we really put our trust in God? We say that we do, but what happens when you know COVID strikes our home? Uh, what happens when uh, uh, cancer comes in our body? You know, and, and, and it's out of our control. What do we, do, do, you know, where do we go? Do we shrink back, or do we run to God? You know, it's easy to say when everything in our life is going good, 
that, that you know, hey, I trust God, and you know, praise God, I'm up, you know, I'm I'm up on the mountaintop. But what what about when we're down in the valley? What about when you lose your job, or you, and you're faced with losing everything that you have? And you could use any kind of scenario that you want. But when things are going great, it's easy to say, hey, I trust God. But when when things aren't going so good, when things get tough. That's when, uh, what they say, the rubber meets the road. It's harder to say, hey, I'm going to fully trust God. But that's exactly what God calls us to do today. Just like he did these disciples. Hey, guys, you're going to have to leave here with nothing but the clothes on your back. And you're going into these strangers' villages. You're going to these strangers' homes. And you're going to have to convince them that the kingdom of God is here. You're going to have to give them this message of hope. And so uh, they may think you're crazy. You're going to be shut out. And if the people do shut you out, you shake the dust off your feet as you leave. And you're pronouncing their own, their own fate against them. Proverbs 3, 5 through 10. And this is uh, Proverbs 3, 5 is a verse that uh, uh, people quote all the time. And, and as soon as I start it, you're going to know it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding how many times have you heard maybe you've even quoted it yourself thousands of times but here's here's the thing about this verse there's a whole lot more to that verse if we just keep on reading it 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 tells us what we should do trust in the lord with all your heart do not depend on your own understanding but verse 6 through verse 10 says this seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take don't be impressed with your own wisdom instead fear the Lord and turn away from evil then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So it's not just Proverbs 3 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. No, it, it, it goes way beyond that. Seek His will in all you do. Don't be impressed, impressed with your own wisdom, but instead fear the Lord and turn away from evil. That's what God wants us to do. And that is, is fully trusting Him. Isaiah 12 2, Isaiah says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Isaiah says, I will trust and I will not be afraid. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8, Jeremiah says this. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert, and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony places in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. Blessed is the man, so he's going to flip-flop it here. Cursed is the man, blessed is the man. So cursed is the man who puts his trust in mankind. But blessed, verse 7 of Jeremiah 17, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, not in mankind, not in the flesh, not in other people, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is uh, the Lord. 
For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. So in other words, when things are not going the way that you planned or the way that you thought they would go or you're in a dry season and, and, and the blessings aren't coming like they did in, in the past and, and you're having to struggle uh, uh, in life or a, a life challenge is coming, you're facing this sickness, you're facing this disease, you got all this chaos going on in your life and, and, it, 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 and, and so you, it, things are not as fruitful, if you will, as they have been in the past. It's a dry season. Jeremiah says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord because you will be a tree planted by the water, extending its roots into the stream or by a stream and you don't have to fear when the heat comes because your leaves will be green and you will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. It might not be coming as as much as, as, as it was. Your leaves might not be as green and ask crisp, but they're still green, and you're still being blessed because you put your trust and your hope in the Lord. But this idea of fully putting our trust in someone that we can't physically see, because and that's what makes trusting God so hard, because we can't physically see God. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. And 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 so since we can't physically see God standing before us, it's hard to put our trust in God because we can't reach out and touch Him. We have to have faith. We come to God by faith. And we talked about that in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the last previous podcast about faith coming by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But this idea of fully putting our trust in God is difficult because we want to be in control. We want to be in control of our lives and in every situation. And, and, and that's putting our hope in mankind. And, and, I, and Jeremiah says that, that, that that's, that's not good. And so uh, I want to end by this illustration. Jesus, uh, there, there's a, a, a meme going around or a picture going around on social media of Jesus uh, holding a, a teddy bear behind his back. And there's a child uh, standing in front of Jesus is holding this little old shabby-looking teddy bear. And this teddy bear that Jesus has behind his back is this humongous, fluffy teddy bear. And, and Jesus is holding uh, his hand out saying, trust me. And then this child who's holding this small teddy bear is kind of looking at Jesus and, and looking at the teddy bear and, and the kids saying, but I, I, I love it. And the struggle of letting go is shown in, by this illustration to be a hard thing to do. Because when you see the picture, you just want to scream to the child, oh, you, you need to give him that, that little shabby teddy bear that you're holding because the the, the, the thing that you're going to be getting, the thing that's behind his back is way better than that little old scrawny teddy bear that you're holding. This is a big, huge teddy bear, and Jesus wants to give it to you. And so you, just, you need to let go of that little shabby teddy bear that you have and give it to Jesus so you can get his blessings. 
And we say that because when we see the picture, we can see what is behind Jesus' back. We know what is available to that child. And, and Jesus is saying, trust me. But see, when it comes to our lives, Jesus has something there to give us. And he's holding his hand out and he's saying, trust me, trust me. And, and we're saying, but, but I love it. Because, I, in other words, I, I got to have control. And Jesus is saying, give me control. Trust me. Trust God fully. And we're saying, but I love it. It's the struggle. So we love control. And God is saying, trust me. Trust me. Trust me. The question is, do you trust God? Do you really trust God? If you're struggling with anything that we can pray for you about, we would love to uh, be able to pray on your behalf. If you want to email that to us, your, your need, uh, we will answer your emails back. Uh, but our email address is thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com. If you will email us your need, we will be glad to be praying for you, uh, be praying for your loved one, whatever that situation that you're facing is, that you're struggling with, that you need help with. We're here to help you to keep grinding in any way. We're here to help you to trust God fully, to to grab the hand of Jesus and to give him full control. God bless you. Have a great day and keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.